I was abused by my biological father. So that was a lot of trauma. I was around eight, nine years old. Um, and I, I didn't tell a soul. I didn't tell a soul till well into my thirties. Um, Actually, you know, my mother would always say, you know, if you don't, things get uncomfortable, just don't think about it and it'll go away. That was literally her mantra. Like, just don't think about it and it'll go away. So I tried to not think about it and I was hoping it would go away. And, and for a little bit, it, it kind of did. Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast, where we delve into mental wellness, mindfulness, and personal growth. I'm your host, Keith Fiveson. And we're an official partner for the Wonderland Miami 2023 conference, which will be held from November the 9th through the 11th. And when you register, we're excited to offer you a 20% discount code, Mindfulness20. It's an opportunity for you to take advantage of the event. Today, we have a special guest who will share her journey to mental wellness and provide valuable resources for those on the path to healing. Our guest, Laura Lee Binstock, a trauma survivor who has overcome childhood sexual abuse, anxiety, depression, and several suicide attempts. Laura Lee's story inspires many, and we're honored to have her on the show. All right, all right, all right. Laura Lee, oh my goodness, how are you? It's so good to see you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I am so honored to be on your program and and thank you for supporting Wonderland. Oh yes, absolutely. And uh you're you're gonna be there. You have you're gonna moderate a panel, you're gonna talk about various areas of your life. And I'm wondering about your personal journey because this has really led you to Wonderland and you're gonna have an opportunity to uplift and inspire other people to go out on their own journey of discovery. Can you share with us a little bit about what your journey is about and really what brought you to Wonderland? And, you know, uh, let's hear it. Let's let's get into it. Well, like you said, I am a childhood sexual abuse survivor. I was abused by my biological father. So that was a lot of trauma. I was around eight, nine years old. Um, and I, I didn't tell a soul. I didn't tell a soul till well into my um, 30s. And I actually, you know, my mother would always say, you know, if you don't, if, 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 if things get uncomfortable, just don't think about it and it'll go away. That was literally mm -hmm. her mantra. Like, mm -hmm. just don't think about it and it'll go away. So I tried to not think about it and I was hoping it would go away. And, and for a little bit, it, it kind of did. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was dealing with, by the time I was 12, I was abusing alcohol and, and, mm -hmm. you know, smoking pot and um taking pills and it was it was really you know it was really ptsd um mm -hmm. you know what my parents would chalk it up to was oh she's just a bad kid mm -hmm. um and i and i and i want people to know that you know ptsd symptoms you know alcoholism addiction all of those things mm -hmm. they're just they're symptoms of some sort of trauma i believe mm -hmm. i believe that's true um i didn't know it at that point um so obviously i dealt with a lot of um self-esteem issues and this carried on until um i was in my 20s i was working as a morning show producer and i had you know 
I didn't mention, as you mentioned before, I also dealt with a lot of suicide attempts. Mm. Um, there were a couple of suicide attempts around my teens, um, 13, 16, um, and many more. And, and to be honest, my parents mm. didn't do anything about it because, you know, mm. I am, I'm also uh, Filipino. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that culture, we don't talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was also the 90s. So we really didn't talk about mental health right. um, at that time. And it was really frowned upon. And so I think those suicide attempts were me just kind of reaching out and, mm-hmm. and trying to seek help. And, you know, by like the time I was working um, in news and I was doing the overnight shift, mm-hmm. it all kind of came to a head again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, I was on because I was doing the overnight shift, I was on Ambien and other sleeping medications Mm -hmm. and I had overdosed and um, I woke up in a psych ward of a hospital and that's where they diagnosed me bipolar. Um, Mm -hmm. At that time, they didn't know much about um, PTSD and just civilians. You know, Mm -hmm. it was mostly, we talked about PTSD and and veterans and Mm -hmm. soldiers. And Mm -hmm. so um, that wasn't even on their radar. So they Mm -hmm. just slapped bipolar um, disorder um, as my diagnosis. I was on, I was put on lithium and antipsychotics and Mm -hmm. they weren't working. A whole cocktail, right? (laughs) A whole cocktail, yes. It was, and and Adderall actually, because I was also Mm -hmm. having a hard time focusing. So Mm -hmm. I was on plenty of medication. And, you know, like I said, I was on sleeping pills because I couldn't, Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep. and so, you know, 10 years later, you know, I eventually got out of the business. I just was like, oh, this is just not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to PR. I actually, at, at that point, I had a family. Um, and I had a client who talked about being sexually abused by a, um, mm-hmm. a family member. Mm-hmm. And he talked about PTSD. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my goodness, is this what I have? PTSD described every symptom that I was that I was struggling with. Mm-hmm. And I then I, I, I kept it in for a very long time. And I'm not saying like, mm-hmm. I, I, I was seeing a therapist. We, we never got into the, right. the, the abuse. I didn't until finally I had another suicide attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, this one I was determined, like, I can't, I can't live like this. I can't, my kids can't live like this. My husband can't live li- li- like this and um, call it divine intervention. But eventually I was able to, uh, you know, during in my suicide attempt, it didn't work out, and oh. I eventually broke down. I told my husband, and he said, "Let's, we're gonna get help." Mm-hmm. And I, I went into a residential treatment center for 31 days during the pandemic. It was mm-hmm. actually right before oh. the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I went in mid-February mm-hmm. and came out in April and the world had shut down. Obviously, mm-hmm. they take your phone in mm-hmm. residential treatment. Mm-hmm. My husband didn't want me to want to tell me that the world had shut down at that point. <laughs> so I came out and it was it was a completely different world. <laughs> so this would have been like 2020, right? This like, was 2020 right. when well, this had happened. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, that's uh, like that's that's truly uh, remarkable in terms of your ability to go ahead and and, and kind of plunge down and start to pick up those pieces and start to look at putting them back together again. And here you are, you're telling the story. And, you know, I I, I want to get into, um, you know, obviously your talk at Wonderland or the things that you might talk about, whether or not it's moderating a panel or entheogens or talking about IFS, one of my favorite areas in terms of family systems, Dick Schwartz, the idea of parts, the idea of 
especially the exiled parts of ourselves, right. you know, and how we can bring all of those things together. Um, you know, and I am myself, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a survivor of a childhood trauma, childhood sexual abuse. And I, I, I'm, I haven't talked about that much, you know, but it's work that I've done personally. And, you know, I, I really want to applaud you for like coming out and giving, um, a voice to all of this. Can you speak more to, to the, uh, like the parts or the reunion or the integrity of bringing all of these parts back together in yourself and and maybe perhaps um, what helped you on that journey to do that it wasn't just talk therapy I assume right yeah. it was a, it was a lot more so maybe we can unpack that a little bit oh I have a lot to unpack <laughs> um it it, you know, I was fortunate enough, you know, after residential treatment, I was told to, you know, find a therapist, even though I had a therapist who was also my psychiatrist. Um, I went and sought out a more holistic approach. Um, and someone, you know, I had started my podcast at that point, because I learned so much in residential treatment. And one of my guests told me about her experience with MDMA assisted therapy mm -hmm. and her therapist who is an IFS therapist who is also mm -hmm. a psychedelic integrative therapist mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. right <laughs> mm -hmm. she and they she introduced me to um this person and this person changed my life and you know um I told her I was like I am interested in in psychedelic integrative therapy and and she said well let's work on internal family systems therapy first mm -hmm. let's get to know all of your parts so when you do decide to go that route of psychedelic integrative therapy all the parts the exiled parts mm -hmm. they're not going to be so scary mm -hmm. um so let's 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 talk about the exiled parts for a moment because I think that's that's so important because um those are kind of the pieces that disrupt the house right mm -hmm. i mean they they it's not like they're they're exiled but they're exiled and they still have energy yeah 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 those are um you know for me those exiled parts were the shame mm. all the shame and all mm -hmm. all the anger um well, they could be also the firefighters right the ones mm -hmm. that always try to put out the fire but i put i would put them out with anger mm. um and it, it, it's interesting because my first session sent me back to myself as an infant. So I was mm. I was what you would call an accident. Mm -hmm. um, I came nine years after my brother mm. and um, mm. I had I didn't realize this. I mean, I, I, I did, but it wasn't in my conscience. I, consciousness mm -hmm. I my my parents would always tell me like oh you were an accident oh you you know and they kind of treated me like the accident mm -hmm. and you know they would make fun of me as a baby they would you know I was I was not a very attractive baby and they would mm -hmm. always talk about how mm. ugly I was as a mm. child and so I, I, I it was that energy that I was always feeling that feeling mm. of like abandonment this feeling of now, now wait a second i know people can't see you I, I just want to stop for a moment so like that is such a projection because i'm looking at you and certainly you're nowhere near you know quote unquote ugly you know <laughs> you're you're beautiful spirit and certainly uh present there but that really is a terrible projection right that people put on you it's their it's their issue that they're throwing on you 
So I just want to stop and acknowledge your 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 presence and your beauty, if mm. you will. Okay. Thank you. Because I don't want that to sit. I don't want this that to sit with our listeners, you know. And 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 really in real life, you uh, maybe you totally transform over the last four or five <laughs> years, but from the inside out and from the outside in, you seem to be a very beautiful person. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's so sweet of you. Um. You know, I never felt that way. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. because, you know, you're, you're, you're told that you're ugly from an infant mm-hmm. um, and you're not good enough and you weren't supposed to be here for a very long time. It it mm-hmm. it really you, you attach you, that attaches to you. And so, you know, that was that was something I had to really live with and, and deal with. And and I didn't deal with that until 20 something years later. So it mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. it's very or 30 years at that, this point, because I, when I, I was an infant, mm-hmm. um, when my parents started, you know, talking to me like that, they would they would say it jokingly as if that made it all okay. Right. Um, right. But I embodied that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that self hatred, that right. that shame, that that feeling of mm-hmm. ugliness, like I, I, I just that was me. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it was really difficult to 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 manage and those were my exiled parts those parts that i was really ashamed of that i didn't you know mm-hmm. and you try to put them away but they come out because mm-hmm. you're not giving them the space you're not holding that space for them right and then there's that protector that's judging and putting things back into the corner like you know you shut up i don't want to hear from you right now no that's not right you know you want to do this you want to do that whatever and then, of course, you're, you know, you're, you, you, you can move into high judgment mode and okay. not really into integration mode or high achiever mode. It sounds like you went that path certainly as well, right? I feel like I've embodied all of the paths. <laughs> I was the high achiever and I was the, you know, I, and I feel like it was my protector that actually mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. said, you know, you aren't good enough. We're going to, we're going to hold you back because mm-hmm. we don't want to put you out there. Cause mm-hmm. if we put you out there, then everyone's going to tell you you're ugly. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was really, I, I had to struggle with all of my parts. And I think that's what also took a while before I even started the integrative therapy mm-hmm. or the, the psychedelic integrative mm-hmm. therapy because, or psychedelic therapy itself mm-hmm. um, was because I really didn't know who my parts were. Wow. I just, and- it was all blended. And what happened with that? I mean, that that must have opened up some some real big doors for you. Uh, what was it that really did like? Well, uh, one of one of my exiled parts was was anger mm-hmm. or firefighter. I get really very confused with it because it, I feel like my anger does try to protect me, but it's also what also causes me shame. It's um, but I and had it could I be had that a, reaction a, formation that kind of you know that that trigger exactly. right uh, exactly uh, something says someone says something to you and then all of a sudden you kind of the firefighter moves in to protect you right and, and, yep yeah. and that was that and, and that came out a lot and what i realized and it was an mdma session mm-hmm. where i actually experienced my father's childhood where he was being abused as well um mm-hmm. and because it was MDMA, I was able to have a lot of compassion for that part. But what mm-hmm. I had realized is the anger that had come out was because I that was what actually stopped the abuse. When mm-hmm. I would be explosive, it would scare my, mm-hmm. my father. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and actually scared him to the point where he like moved out of the house and left the country mm. um for a little bit um because mm. i think he i was i was so volatile he didn't wow. know what was going to mm-hmm. happen if i was going to say anything right. um and mm-hmm. so in a way that anger was protecting mm-hmm. me when i knew when when that anger mm-hmm. would come out and it pushed him away and it stopped the abuse that anger was like oh here i am this is what i was supposed to do this is my job so wow. anytime you feel uncomfortable i'm going to come out and i'm going wow. to scare the shit out of everybody wow. um and so that was um wow. understanding that that anger was there to protect me mm-hmm. um and then you know eventually it would caused me some shame because it was like when I would be explosive I'd lose a little bit of my own dignity because mm-hmm. I felt like I, I would lose control at that mm-hmm. point so like for you as your dad and for me it was a family member's friend and mm-hmm. you know when we start taking a look at you, the dynamics obviously um, you know you 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 had to live with within the family and I'm just mm-hmm. wondering the dynamics of that relationship and how it's evolved since you've done the work if if that if your father's still in your life if you've got you know um if you were able to um move and articulate have emotional literacy around the anger and be able to right size that relationship in a way that allowed you to um bring him into the picture and have a relationship in some way you know i i always say you know as far as trauma is concerned the people who hurt you you know you don't have to hate them you can love mm-hmm. them from far away you know make they don't have to be in your life every single day but you can love them from a distance you know and you can mm-hmm. wish them well so i'm wondering what your story is around that and you know how does how does that how does that work today I mean that's that's really interesting. I feel like people a lot of people have a lot of questions around that because there was a point where I had to pretend everything was okay before I got the help. Um, you know, my dad was in my you know walked me down the aisle at my wedding, you know. Um so when all of this mm-hmm. came out, I think it was very shocking to a lot of people. A lot of people liked my dad. Mm-hmm. Um and and that was really difficult for me but then once i realized once it came out i did have a lot of anger but once after that mdma session mm-hmm. i i was able to i don't want to say forgive but understand mm-hmm. what had happened that because for the longest time part, so much of my life i was like he knew what he was doing mm-hmm. this you know you know screw the he didn't know any better but the truth is he really didn't know any better you know he had experienced abuse um himself um yeah and abusers abuse i mean you know uh, in a a lot of cases uh unless they work through their own you know their own exiled parts right their own their own own trauma right exactly so so you found compassion and and within that i'm i'm sorry i interrupted you so no no well within that i i was able to just let go of the anger it was for myself mm-hmm. um but i i don't have a relationship with him actually mm-hmm. after um after i i i, I talked to my mom about it mm-hmm. um he 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 developed dementia and just went downhill very quickly mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Can I and, ask and, you how old he is today? If he had developed dementia, is is he a se- really senior guy or? Uh, he's in his seventies. Uh-huh. Um, okay. mm-hmm. 
late 70s uh i think mm -hmm. i feel like that that had all de deteriorated him because mm -hmm. he wasn't getting help you know yeah. i i knew something was always off with him and i i always thought oh you should get help mm -hmm. um and he was just like there's nothing wrong with me you know that was kind of his thing you know something's wrong with you and right uh yeah so i i, I don't have a relationship wow. with him mm -hmm. um and a lot of it has to do with you know I'm, i want to protect my children right. um and and i don't feel comfortable with and and you know before i did get help when my children were mm -hmm. around my father i always had all of this anxiety mm -hmm. um and i didn't realize what it was and i guess looking back it was because i didn't want him to be around my children i didn't right. you know i don't know what would happen mm -hmm. um well it's uh it's so interesting you know i uh i i i always think about you know you can't pick your family but you can pick your friends and you and you know your family aren't really the people that necessarily you were born with they're, they're people that see you lift you up support you when you're down go ahead and you know they gather around you when you need people to gather around you and support you so it's wonderful that you've been able to um you know really discern um in your life at the age that you're at this young age in your family and being able to go ahead and have that retrospect that introspect that allows you to you know present yourself now as somebody who is in the world, who's done a lot of work and continues to do the work and continues to try to help other people. So the resources that you drew on, you know, we're talking about IFS, we talk about psychedelics and entheogens. So within the uh, psychedelic realm, the MDMA specifically, which is a heart opener that allows mm -hmm. you then to step away from your own vehicle and take a look at the you know, take a look at how it's made, if you will, right. and all the components of it, you know, you were able to do that. And then you were able to, like, have some compassion about your own experience, and look at it through the lens of, you know, sort of the epigenetic lens of intergenerational trauma, and exactly. understanding your dad and having more compassion for him. But then also, in that framework, understanding that you yourself needed to guard yourself against more trauma against triggering more trauma through that relationship so again that's sort of compassion loving someone at a distance but not necessarily letting them reignite you know the trauma inside of you is that is that a fair sort of a synopsis of that yeah i, I would say that was fair yeah okay. that that is fair Good, 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 good. So from a resource viewpoint in terms of, you know, your healing journey, are there other things that you're recommending to folks now as you start to take a look at this, you know, this new spot that you're in, in terms of being a voice for uh, not only, you know, women, but also men and people who are and have, you know, gone through their own traumas i'm wondering what your thoughts are in terms of what you what you would recommend in terms of the healing journey is it just psychedelics and mdma and, you know you know, or, you know you know that's that's really interesting because i feel like i have in 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 you know in last few months especially but in the last couple of years since i started my podcast people have asked me what it is um that they think has helped that uh, has helped me and i think it's been a lot of things i think it has been you know i think the psychedelic 
therapy because once I, I I started with MDMA, mm -hmm. you know, they, I needed to start a little slower. I, then I moved to psilocybin. Then I eventually moved to LSD, mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I absolutely hundred percent recommend psychedelics. I think it psychedelics creates. You know, there was this this article that came out um, about how. You know, you can teach an old dog new tricks, especially mm -hmm. with with psychedelics, because you're you're able to create these new neural pathways instead mm -hmm. of sticking to these same behaviors that may not have been serving you, and 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 actually finding new pathways to new behaviors um, that you know will help you evolve and and grow. And and I believe post -tra traumatic growth is is real and it it's possible. And so I think. You know, I always say, you know, internal family systems therapy. I feel that if you start with internal family systems therapy, there's you can go the route of um, psychedelics if you choose, or you can go. You know, it, it, I think it's similar to hypnotherapy. You know, you, you're able to drop into your subconscious um, more easily um, if you've done a lot of work with mm -hmm. with internal family systems. But you know. Like I said, when I was in residential treatment, I did a lot of work with somatic experiencing, a lot of work with EMDR. So I, I think it's, um, I think there's there's a lot of stuff out there, and I don't think it necessarily needs to be um, one or the other. It could be all of it. I mean, that's yeah. what I did. <laughs> and from a well, I totally, I totally get it. And from a seeker, from a seeker viewpoint, it's like, you know not everything at you there's a big buffet up there you don't have to take everything on the buffet mm -hmm. but you can take the things that really uh resonate with you and the things that yeah. really sort of draw you to them and um i'm wondering you know you you found the therapist uh and uh certainly they helped you provide some new perspectives do you think the therapeutic where, where do you think the therapeutic community is at right now and because you know from a like from a trauma viewpoint trauma is pretty you know it's the catchphrase everyone talks about trauma nowadays you know there's systemic trauma in our society we're sort of born into a a pit of trauma and then we're you know if we say no 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 this isn't right you know then something's wrong with us somehow mm -hmm. that we're you know we're not normalized within the cesspool of trauma mm -hmm. you know we've got to either you know pick ourselves up and kind of look at it or um you know talk about it or work through it so do you think that the there's a specific path of therapy perhaps you know i i, I i'm not a big fan of freudian therapy or cognitive therapy or Jungian therapy I I, th I like Jungian therapy but and I think some cognitive therapy is good but what's do you have any thoughts about that at all you know I, I hate to knock like just talk traditional talk therapy yeah. um, but you know I was in talk ther mm -hmm. therapy for 20 years before mm -hmm. I found internal family systems therapy mm -hmm. and you know, it was just 20 years of the same thing. And still I was suicidal. I, mm. I think it was once I got into internal family systems therapy and eventually, you know, psychedelic integrative therapy mm -hmm. where I, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel suicidal. Mm -hmm. Like I would walk around, like I would do weekly therapy and I'd still walk around and be like, eh, if that bus hit me, it wouldn't be the end of the world mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that was not, right. you know, sort of stuck with your story, right? Right. Exactly. And I, I, and I, you know, I, again, I I hate just 
I think I need if you if you're in need of therapy and you know I, if you need to talk to somebody I think you should mm-hmm. um, but I do think if you have especially dealt with a lot of um, severe trauma you know P- if you are struggling with PTSD I do think internal family systems therapy um, mm-hmm. has been extremely helpful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and even more so psychedelic yeah therapy. because it, it kind of breaks down you know the parts right it looks at family systems it looks at constellation uh, work you do some you know epigenetic work my ancestors my mm-hmm. you know and then there is that narrative that's there 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 becomes that understanding when you're able to step away from the vehicle like through the use of psychedelics or through i would even you know this is the mindfulness experience and we talk about psychedelics as a way to really help people then to become more mindful but at the end of the day it's really about how are you sitting with yourself and are you able to sit with yourself and breathe and really love yourself and Mm -hmm. be present not only to yourself but to your body your mind your spirit your food your ability to sleep as well as your relationships your environment and your aspirations right all of those things are incredibly important but if you're dealing with trauma you know if you're like trauma you're ridden you know it's hard to sit it's hard to be present it is it is and yeah i didn't want to be present nobody will if you if if you go into your head and you're experiencing that trauma and that stress it's you know, why do you want to be present? Why do you want to see that? But the truth right. is, if you're healing it, if you're working through it and you're exploring it and and exploring it with someone who understands it, you're getting to the root of it. I think it's getting to the root of it. I think talk therapy really masks what's happening then. Mm-hmm. You're talking mm-hmm. about what happened the day before. Mm-hmm. But I think in, in, in IFS therapy, internal family systems, you go in deep and you get to the root and then you negotiate what, what, what is it that I need? What is it that, what, what's coming up now, um, because of that, that root cause. And then I think you can work from there. And I think that's, that's healing the root. That's actually healing the actual wound versus putting a bandaid over it. Right, right. You know, I uh, like my mother, uh, was 52 and she died. She had, uh, alcohol, uh, related poisoning otherwise cirrhosis of the liver and mm. uh she uh had a family came from a family family of uh five six kids uh da- dad died at 45 you know had a and and so like from an upbringing viewpoint i i i and this all relates back to the root you know when you start taking a look at your family your family only does as well as you know their parenting only can be as good as they were parented Mm -hmm. you know and when you look at that and you start doing that 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 root cause work that family systems work then you start to go ah oh (laughs) my goodness those poor babies oh those sweet oh i'm so sorry for them you know and and it doesn't it doesn't take away the pain personally but what it does is it allows you to move away from it a little bit and use compassion as a way to really understand that you know the people your perpetrators you know weren't weren't you know they didn't know what they were doing or they they thought they did but they were acting out of their own you know their own um imprints right yeah that's absolutely correct 
Yeah, and 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 the and the main thing is to rewrite the story, right? When you're able to change your story, you're able to change your life. So yeah. you know, being able to get a new narrative and you being able to go ahead and go through that work and then be where you are. I mean, here you are. You're, you know, you you'll be down in Wonderland and you're you're spreading the word and you're 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 talking about a story of thriving but surviving but thriving, right? I love right. that. Yeah, yes. I think that's I think that's so wonderful. You know, let me ask you, uh, you were on uh, antidepressants for a while and antipsychotics. You know, I don't think that they're the answer. Uh, I don't what, what 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 <laughs> you know what I was going to ask you what you thought about them. But, you know, you, you, <laughs> I don't I don't know whether or not we have to go into that. that yeah, much. I mean, I think it helped put the fire out. I think it'll help. It, it could help put the fire out for for a little bit. I don't think you should be depending on them because mm -hmm. it was. I mean, obviously, I had my hair fall out with with um, mm -hmm. SSRIs, and that completely gave me more issues. And it wasn't until I I had to wean off of the medication to do psychedelics to um, actually realize like I didn't need it. I didn't need them because I needed to heal the root. I didn't need the the SSRIs, I believe is just the Band-Aid. It's, it's there to fix the symptoms, but it's not healing. Mm -hmm. It's not healing anything, I think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are like, that's not true. Um, but mm -hmm. that's just my personal opinion. I, mm -hmm. I feel that when I was able to heal the wound, the actual wound, and not just put a Band-Aid over the symptoms, um, Mm -hmm. I was okay. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was so much better, mm -hmm. better off. So, you know, as we start talking about that, the ability to wean yourself off of SSRIs, I mean, we're talking about so many people in society right now that are in pain, that are feeling lonely, that are feeling depressed, that are feeling suicidal, that have suicidal ideations, that are going through their own brand of uh, hell, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, um, you know, while we're while we're into this, um, you know, what what would you say to those people in terms of, you know, ways of, you know, getting help? You know, how do they I mean, how do they normalize? How do they you know, how do they hold on to rather than than stuff, you know, the the, the pain and the trauma that they might have given, you know, your experience and your insights? Uh, well, I, I do feel like talking to somebody, you know, I kept it with my story in for a very long time. I feel like talking to somebody is, like is a start. Group, like group work or just Group work? You know, I hated, I thought I hated group work, but once I had, I was forced into it, I was like, wow, mm -hmm. this is really helpful because it was in group work when I actually said out loud what had happened to me. And then other people were like, you know, I never talked about this, but mm. that happened to me too. There's mm. a lot of people going through the same thing. And I think when you realize that you are not alone, mm -hmm. that that changes everything. Mm. Then you you realize you can lean on people. You realize you can you can get help. And I think it's it's, it's telling the story, you telling your story, me telling mm. my story. and And the more we are and, and this is why we do what we do right we're, we're storytellers and we want to help amplify other people's voices and and when we were able to do that the people who don't feel that they have a voice feel like they can you know they mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. you're turning your mess into your message mm -hmm. um and you're turning your mess into your message i love yeah. that I love, <laughs> i'm gonna steal that that's great. do it do that. it it's a good it's, it's, it's good because it's what you it's, if, if you that. can do that you know you're right. just helping another person. 
right right and you know we're only as sick as our secrets so and suddenly when you're vulnerable there's a lot of strength in vulnerability you know yes. there's a lot of strength that comes out of like telling your story and you know you know no longer a victim you're the victor right you know yeah. you're no longer uh, a sinner you're a saint you know in some way because you've been able to own that part of yourself and you've been able to go ahead and say you know here i am this is you know th this is the the thing that happened to me and i'm still okay i'm still yeah. so no matter how bad your pain no matter how bad your sorrow you know let's talk about it and let's let's come let's be real there's not enough real realness yes. in the world you know it's sort of like you know you gotta you gotta be quiet yeah you know? yeah. yeah no let's be loud let's be loud yeah yeah, yeah. I, I like that yeah especially at my age uh you know i'm 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 like you know hey you know yeah grow old but but not quiet you know yeah so. <laughs> exactly i feel like i feel like as i've gotten older and maybe this is the healing but i feel mm -hmm. like i'm 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 getting my voice and I'm I'm mm -hmm. now I'm more comfortable talking about it mm -hmm. and 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 spreading that that message mm -hmm. that you know you 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 can get help and post traumatic growth is real and mm -hmm. you know it doesn't you know I I saw this quote the other day that said you know you you heal you don't heal so you you know to get over the trauma you lived with the trauma you're used to the trauma mm -hmm. you heal to find joy mm. and and, and mm -hmm. that i feel like that that's true because like i said you know i mm -hmm. lived with the trauma and i was just like this is just my life mm -hmm. and that's that doesn't have to be so let me ask you uh, you talked about uh being a parent can you <laughs> talk about some of the things that you kind of share with your children and maybe some insights that you kind of give them you know, as a as a parent to go ahead and kind of deal with because bullying is a big thing and, yeah. you know, for kids. And I'm just wondering, you know, how do you how do you then kind of change the story from, you know, a intergenerational viewpoint now that you've, you know, looked at the story and you've looked at that and holding that story with care and love and concern. And now, you know, this is your little child that you brought back into your you know into your experience and now you have children i'm wondering does that impact your parenting in some oh way and goodness. if so how yes it does <laughs> i mean and, and to be honest like there are times i look at my daughter and and we we butt heads because sometimes i see her she's also that mm -hmm. sometimes i see that exiled part in her and i'm and i'm like oh i need to really hold back um but i but i do i i feel like mindfulness has been mm -hmm. the most important part for me in parenting mm -hmm. my children because mm -hmm. um i'm more mindful about what i've learned and i try to pass that down like you mm -hmm. said with the bullying you know I, I talk about you know hurt people hurt people you know what's happening in this other person's life mm -hmm. that you know they feel that they have to say these mean things to you or do mm -hmm. these mean things to you and you know maybe maybe ask them you know is there something going on that you can talk to me about mm -hmm. and I, I and i feel like that has served my daughter very well mm -hmm. in that she is very compassionate and she always you know even though she gets really worked up she mm -hmm. also is able to to be caring and, and mm -hmm. compassionate and, and talk to them about know is there anything going on you know you can always mm -hmm. talk to me you know mm -hmm. I, that was really hurtful what you said mm -hmm. um 
And I, and that has been mind blowing to mm-hmm. me. You know, a couple of years ago, I put a glass of water and I know this is so mm-hmm. cliche, but I put a glass of water in front of them. And it's like, mm-hmm. is it half full or is it half empty? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. is the glass is going to be the same mm-hmm. no matter what, but it's how you look at it. Is it, if, mm-hmm. if, if you, you feel, fill your life with abundance, like mm-hmm. it's half full and it's, you know, mm-hmm. when there are bad things that are happening, you know, cause bad things are going to happen. Um, it's finding that that opportunity in all the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, how can mm-hmm. I grow? Where am I going to be able to grow in mm. in the bad things that happen? Mm. And mm-hmm. I wish somebody told me this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And and so that is kind of what I've passed down mm-hmm. to my kids. And and that you know, be mindful. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to you know shrink yourselves to make other mm-hmm. people bigger, but you know just understand that they might be going through something just as well and not to take it personally mm-hmm. not to make it about you um mm-hmm. and, and, and compassion that's beautiful you know and and i love the 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 phrase mindful you know and mindfulness because we're the mindfulness experience but i think most people don't really understand that you know really from an ancient buddhist viewpoint mindfulness is that space between recognition and choice so yes. and it's the space that gives you the opportunity to change your karma right mm-hmm. karma is uh you know not only with what you're born with but it's the pre-existing conditions and the and the and the, and the framework the memories and the, the 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 how they cast the the clay if you will how the clay is formed right that is sort of what you're born with and then you you know you get to use that and how you are mindful is that space that opportunity between stimulus and response right Mm -hmm. that stimulus and response so what you're doing with your daughter is so wonderful because what you're doing is you're providing her the framework to say well wait a second i you know i i I, you know what's going on for them and why are they attacking me and what's that you know and really being able to step away from the vehicle and really um you know look at it in a different way and you know i i just applaud you for 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 doing that i mean that's that's great isn't that isn't that a wonderful outcome of you having that space between your experience as a child Mm -hmm. and the opportunity to step away and look at that experience and then have different outcomes as you go forward isn't that wonderful that's the goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, so I know that uh, you're going to be uh, at the conference, and uh, I'm wondering as we start to, you know, wind down here, you know, what kind of messages would you like to share, maybe with our listeners about the importance of, you know, mental wellness, seeking help when you need it, uh, maybe, uh, you know, helping to help them in some way, maybe even directly. Uh, with information about your website or information about some things that you're up to yes well i do think that when you know like you said you know there's that the the whole i think choice i think healing is the is the freedom to have your Mm -hmm. your own choices and i feel like if you are if you're struggling i think you know this is one thing that i dealt with is what was an issue was having to ask for help Mm. You, you you asking for help has changed a lot Mm. um in my own life and Mm -hmm. so if you're struggling i feel go to the person um you trust the most Mm. 
Mm. Or go to a stranger. Go, you know, you can mm-hmm. shoot me in you can shoot me an email. You can find me at traumasurvivorthriver.com and contact mm-hmm. me there. Um and you know, there are a lot of resources out there. We just need to talk about what resources are there. And mm-hmm. and I'm happy mm-hmm. to provide that. You know, there's some resources on my website. Um and I mean, this podcast mm-hmm. itself is a wonderful resource in, in mindfulness because I think mm-hmm. mindfulness is key in getting to that point is mm-hmm. is really what's going to, you know, um, drive your growth and healing. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yes, and, and yeah. you know, if you can make it to Wonderland, I'd love to see you there. Please, please come up and talk to me. I would I would be most grateful for that. Great. Well, it's going to be wonderful. And I, um, you know, I really appreciate you uh, at saying, you know, ask for help because someone told me a long time ago, the three biggest words you can use in life is I need help. Mm, yeah. You know, I need help, you know, and uh, it really does take a lot. And obviously you're someone who has not only followed that path, but gotten the help and now you're providing it. So thank you so much really thank you so much for being here and for doing what you do Lorley, and uh for being a guest on the mindfulness experience yes thank you so much i'm, I'm so grateful for for your help and 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 having me on and sharing my story I look forward to seeing you at wonderland all right hope to see you there Thank you, Laura Lee, for sharing your story with us and providing valuable insights into mental wellness. To our listeners, this interview has provided, I hope it's provided you with helpful resources and the motivation to seek help when you need it. Remember, healing is a journey and there is always a time to start. Also remember Mindfulness 20, the code to use when you register for the Wonderland Miami 2023 conference from November the 9th through the 11th. It's an incredible opportunity to learn more about mental wellness and mindfulness as well as the area of psychedelics entheogens and investments until the next time stay mindful and stay well